Sales is King, episode 139. Yeah. You know what? I like the players. No dickity, no doubt. Play on, play it. Play on, play it. Yo, Trey, drop the verse. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Sales is King. I'm your host, Dan Sixsmith. Glad to be with you. It's been a little while, and my apologies to all of our loyal listeners. Um, It's been quite a while, but hey, we're back, and we've got a lot to talk about. Hope all is well on your end. Let me know how you're doing. Drop me a line, dan.sixsmith at gmail.com. Let me know what you're wrestling with. Anything I can help you, be happy to uh, have a chat. Um, For those of you who are new, welcome to the podcast, Sales is King where we talk about modern selling in the post-pandemic, post-digital economy, uh, the Zoom economy, as I like to call it. Um, So many changes, things continuing to evolve, sellers needing to shift and pivot to be successful um, in 2022. And if you like the podcast, by all means, please share it. Um, with your colleagues, with your friends, leave us a review or give us a like on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening. So today we want to engage and talk about modern day discovery and how important those initial phone calls are with prospects. They really make or break when you think about it today. Um, We still see that statistic that only 17% of sales reps get a second meeting. Only 17% of sales reps get a second meeting, and that is coming from Forrester. We'll probably need to update that at some point. It's a couple of years old. But what that means is that we're not engaging with enough value for that prospect, for that buyer to come back and talk to us again. And typically what that means is that we are not doing an effective discovery. We are not conducting an effective discovery. And that's what we want to talk about today. What is an effective discovery in 2022? What do you need to do? What boxes do you need to check in order to effectively move this deal along and get a prospect interested in learning more, okay? And that's what we're going to uncover today. We're going to talk about a number of different approaches and a number of different elements to a successful discovery uh, updated for 2022. So let's think about these different elements that will go into your initial discovery call. And the first component is going to be research. The first component is research, the homework, the studying, the preparation, right? Because you've got a call coming up and you're going to do some research and homework. And what do we want to know? We want to know as much as we can about A, the organization that we're going to be meeting with. So we're going to do everything from a Google search to Uh, social media postings, to financial 10Ks, to PR releases, 
everything that is available um, online about the organization. You can go to Glassdoor Reviews to hear what employees are saying about the organization and former employees. So there's a wealth of information on the organization that we're going to dive deep into and we're going to begin to start to outline some of the basic issues and challenges that they either are experiencing today or are anticipating having an issue with coming up. Um, who do they compete with? How are they doing? Um, in addition, what are the strategic initiatives, the strategic pillars going into the coming year and beyond? What do they need to achieve to get to that next level? Where are they in their stage of growth? Right? What sort of investment do they have? Um, <clears throat> right? That's all about the company. In addition, who do I know at that organization? Who do I know at that organization? So I go right on to LinkedIn and I am going to dive deep into my first level connections to see who I know. I'm going to get in touch with those people and get some kind of on the ground information from them in terms of what's really happening at the organization all before I even get on the phone with the buyer, right? Um, in addition, maybe I'm going to look at some of the second level connections and who in my organization might be connected potentially and particularly to some of the senior level folks, right? Who do I know in the C-suite? Who do I know at the SVP or EVP level? Um, or who do I know in that specific function that I'm going to be calling on, right? Whether it's marketing, sales, uh, customer success, IT, uh, etc. Right? That's all housed within the subheading of the company itself, right? Next, who am I meeting with? With whom are we meeting? Right? There could be one or more individuals, and we're going to do the same exact research. We're going to go on to Google. We're going to go on to social media. We're going to look at that individual's social postings, LinkedIn, Twitter, right? Um, are the two big ones. You know, Facebook perhaps, um, but LinkedIn and Twitter, see what they are sharing, um, what's important to them. Again, uh, any press releases where they're involved or quoted, right? Um, any articles that they are featured in. What are they sharing on LinkedIn, right? Are they writing articles? Are they a thought leader or a subject matter expert? What is important to them? We're going to learn a lot about those individuals, likely from our homework and our research on the social channels um, and on Google and in some of the financial reports. Um, so, you know, get to know what's important to them. The great thing about Twitter is, and or potentially LinkedIn, is you might start to learn more about the person behind the business person, right? What they're really interested in. I've mentioned this in one of our earlier uh, episodes, but Gary Vanderchuk, who you guys might know, Gary V, one of the top thought leaders out there. Uh, definitely follow him if you don't. Um, 
but he tells the story and he, you know, he heads up a marketing agency called VaynerMedia. And um, he tells the story about how he wanted to do business with Anheuser-Busch. It was one of their target customers. And he wanted to figure out a way to do business with them. So he went on to Twitter and he followed the CEO on Twitter. And it turns out that the CEO um, was an actually a very big um, fantasy baseball fan. Um, he did fantasy baseball, and he also was a big St. Louis Cardinals fan. So Gary V did his homework and started to engage and like some of the posts. Um, and that's the other thing you should do, of course. Start, start liking, start commenting uh, on these people's posts ahead of the meeting right? Um, and we'll get back to that in a minute. Um, but Gary V started to write some comments about the St. Louis farm system and how he's been a, been a big fan for years and all kinds of good stuff. And they got to develop a relationship on social media ahead of time. And then finally, when the time was right, they started to look into what each person did professionally. Uh, Gary V was able to land a meeting and I believe they started to do business with Anheuser-Busch. It's a great story, right? But it's a great example. Getting back to what I was also saying is, you know, do we start to like and comment uh, ahead of time before the meeting? Yes, you do. Do you send a LinkedIn request? Yes, you do. Looking forward to meeting on Tuesday, John. Um, and sending you this LinkedIn request ahead of time, speak to you then, right? Um, just something personal ahead of time so you're not a stranger walking into the call, right? Um, those are all important things that you need to do. And it's time-consuming, but it's valuable and it's important. We need to do these things. We need, it's like a test at school. Right? The more well-prepared you are, the more confident you're going to be when you walk into the test. I remember tests in high school where I walked in and I knew, I knew the material cold, college, whatever, same difference. And I knew when I walked in and <laughs> I didn't know the material well at all. And I was absolutely nervous. And it translates into business today. If you're well-prepared, you're going to be a confident seller. If you're not well-prepared, you're going to be not 100%, potentially nervous and worried about who all is going to be in that meeting and what they might ask you. So number one, beyond a shadow of a doubt, and it's the first one on my list, is research and homework. Okay? Number two. Now we're going to get into additional elements of the discovery. And as we get into our discovery, number two is asking thoughtful questions. There was a great uh, LinkedIn post today by my friend Rocky Legrone, who is from the Objective Management Group, which is a, um, a group that I like to refer to quite a bit, that is one of the leading sales um, analyst firms, and they also do a lot of um, assessment tools around 
helping you hire sellers and then also assessing the staff that you currently have. So Rocky was asking about, you know, and, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but he was talking about how do you demonstrate expertise, right? Um, Keenan, who is another guy you need to follow, talked about, you know, kind of pre-digital, pre-pandemic, it was all about experience. How much experience do you have? Well, I've done this for 35 years, Bill, and, you know, um, but that doesn't matter much anymore. Nobody cares, you know? Nobody cares if you've done it for 100 years, if you've been mediocre, you know? Everybody today wants expertise, right? Can you help me solve my problem? So we ask those thoughtful questions. And our ability to ask thoughtful questions comes down to how well prepared we are, right? We know the problems we solve today with our solution, right? We know the data points that we've gathered. We know the assumptions that we're making. And we're going to go in there now and we're going to try and validate and that's a, uh, a word I want to repeat. We're going to validate some assumptions. We're not going to go into an interrogation, right? And start nervously rattling off questions that we're not going to listen to the answers to. And then, you know, stampede to throwing a PowerPoint up and a demo, right? That's not what we want to do. We want to validate. Hi, yes, um, I was reading on your 10K that over the last two years, you have banged into um, a sharp uptick in the competition and your win rate has gone down by five percentage points. Um, tell me a little bit more about that. You know, you're obviously on the ground, your team is selling. You know, tell me what's going on. You know, is this, is this one of the top challenges you're facing and why do you think that's the case? Boom right? You've just demonstrated that you understand them. You took the time to research. You're not asking some general question. Tell me your challenges. What keeps you up at night? Amateur hour, right? We're not doing that. We're a professional strategic seller, a subject matter expert who has expertise in the area of XYZ or whatever you're selling. Thoughtful questions, follow-up questions. Go a click deeper. Why is that a problem today? Why haven't you solved that today? Tell me how that's manifesting itself. Give me some more examples, right? That's interesting. We see a number of our clients experiencing the same thing. Then you deliver some expertise back, right? And a little bit later, or on our next call, I'll share with you how we've helped some of our clients solve the same problem, okay? So thoughtful questions leads to what we like to call active listening. Active listening is gonna help you connect better because we wanna build rapport, right? On the call, as part of the discovery, we need to build rapport with the buyer. And it's certainly knowing their background. It's certainly trying to find some areas of commonality, potentially people you know in common or 
school you might have gone to or a company you may have worked with before at, at before, right? All those things are important, but building rapport also comes in the form of understanding the prospect, delivering the expertise, but really listening, giving the prospect the sense and the feeling that you really care. You're not there for just a sale. You're there to try and understand and help them solve the problem. <clears throat> no problem, no sale, right? No problem, no sale. So we need to listen intently, um, play it back, uh, play back what they said, paraphrase it back to make sure you understand. Um, try and understand, you know, um, qualitatively what happens if they don't solve the problem, right? We call this the cost of doing nothing or the cost of the status quo, but what sort of, but not even that, I'm saying qualitatively and then I'm telling you quantitative stuff. But what I'm trying to say is that let's understand the emotional part in addition to the rational, but let's understand the emotional part. Like what is this buyer, what stake do they have in this working out? What happens if they solve the problem? Do they get promoted? Um, do they get, you know, a big bonus, a bigger team? What happens if they don't solve the problem? Do they get canned? You know, um, what's on the line here? Is this a high stakes game or is this a, you know, it's kind of a nice to have, we're kicking the tires, right? But your ability to connect with empathy, and we've used this word a lot uh, in the past, and we interviewed um, that great uh, doctor, um, and I can't think of her name right now, but I will put it in the show notes. But we did a whole show on empathy with um, one of the foremost subject matter experts on it. But anyway, you have to show empathy. You have to show that you understand where they're coming from. You start to try and bond with them through that active listening. And the active listening is going to help you and the buyer uncover additional areas of potential value or additional areas where you can solve their problem. Okay, so we're working through this nicely. Um, we need to touch on all these different areas. Um, certainly we can start to um, paint a broad brush picture of where you would like to transport this product, this uh, prospect. First and foremost, you want to make sure you can solve their problem because not every prospect you meet with is going to be a perfect fit. So number one, um, based on the research, you may want to set up a follow-up call depending on the timing that you have left on this initial call. You may want to start to set the table to talk about how your organization, how you and your team can help the prospect solve their issues and how you've done it before and what it's going to mean to them, right? So we talk a lot about storytelling. We did a whole episode on uh, storytelling, but it's very important because it's a way to 
connect. It's a way to differentiate. It's a way to get buyers to remember things, right? We remember easiest in stories versus fact and facts and figures. And stories help us connect emotionally. So to me, stories equal kind of case studies and success stories, right? Um, here's what we did with ABC Company in Ohio. They had a similar issue. They were experiencing X. We helped them understand the problem. And our team came in and our solution helped them alleviate their issue and get to a future state. They were one of the first in their competitive set to be able to solve this issue. And it resulted in an earning spike of ABC dollars. So that's a story. Um, we had a prospect, John Smith, who was championing this cause at, at, their, at our customer. And John Smith, leveraging our solution, was promoted to the head of his group and is now the chief information officer or the chief intelligence officer or the chief sales, whatever, whatever it is, you tell those stories and you start to paint the picture um, of how things will be different after they buy your solution. Um, the other thing we want to do, and the last thing for today, because I don't want to go on too long, is if we conduct an effective discovery, we are going to be differentiating ourselves and our sales process and methodology, okay? Because chances are we're going to do things in a different fashion. But in the course of this initial call, we do want to differentiate from the competition. So number one, you as the seller will be different because you're going to do things in a different fashion. Chances are with the, either the homework you've done, the thoughtful questioning or the active listening or the rapport building um, or the storytelling, there's going to be something, your expertise, right? All the things that we talked about, there's going to be something in there that is going to help differentiate you. And it could be a combination of all of them, right? But we do want to touch on how we're different, why we're different, right? Because ultimately people are looking for differentiation. There's a sea of sameness out there, right? There's thousands of emails. There's hundreds of cluttered websites, right? There's dozens of white papers and PDF downloads, and everybody seems to be spewing the same garbage, right? And it just, <clears throat> it just all kind of meshes into this vast sea of sameness. But if you can differentiate, if you can say, here's what we do that's different than everybody else. And here's why we are effective. Here's why we have a 90% retention rate. Here's why we have more customers than our competition. Here's why we win more than, here's why we have the greater share of market, right? Just to whet their appetite and to put that seed of wanting to learn more. We have done our job in this effective discovery. So that's it for today, folks. Um, let's keep talking about this because quite honestly, um, 
you know, we talk about closing and all that, right? Who's a great closer? And yes, you, you know, you need closing skills. But a lot of these deals, if they don't start right, they're not going to close. And if you do an effective discovery, you're already moving this deal toward the finish line while someone else is flailing around still at the starting line. So discovery in 2022 is becoming even more important than it ever has, particularly in B2B sales. So definitely start to dissect your discovery. Start to layer in some of these different elements. Um, you might be doing some of these and not all of them. You might be doing all of them, but maybe not as detailed or deep. Um, but think about starting to leveraging, starting to leverage these different points uh, as you go out, as you try to differentiate, as you try and get more deals across the line, right? Um, and as you strive to be one of the top sellers in your organization, as you strive to continue to improve, to continue to evolve in a very changing, a very dynamic environment. Talk to you soon. Peace. Anyone can have an